Hey everybody, and welcome to episode three of Rain City Supercars. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And this week we're going to be talking about the multi-season fun that is Washington, especially oh. when you have a supercar. We're in a transition period, Dan, and I'm not talking about the ones that everything's in the news about. Good one. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, we'll start with our weekly update. So the last week has been kind of interesting, car-wise and everything else-wise. Car-wise, weather-wise. I mean, it was insanely nice all week, and we get to the weekend when we actually have some time off, and we weren't working too much, and it decided to rain I mean, it was coming down like mad yesterday yeah. on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So last night I go out and I'm looking. It's, it started raining a little bit off on this morning. I'm like, I'm going to wash my car. It says 20% chance of rain. It's, it's cloudy coming <laughs> in. But I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I'll give it a shot. Not five minutes. I'm not even kidding. Five minutes after I dried my car, lightning. Yep. And I was, yeah, oh, lightning, I, thunder, and just downpour. I had some work to do at home last night, being Saturday night. And uh, I, it was a, Bellevue Way was a river. Yeah. Like you would not, I was great. I mean, if you're the guy that had to rake the leaves on Bellevue Way, you have no work to do today. It all washed into the middle of the intersection. So, I mean, that's nice. But um, you were a little ill this week, yeah, I hear. So, I was sick earlier this week, yeah. and I still managed to take apart my Toyota because my starter has been out in my Land Cruiser, which is the dumbest design in the history of automobiles. So you're sick, and you got a little. You got a head cold. What do you got? Yeah, I just had a head cold this week. And you decided to dangle over the back of your engine to try to get the starter off, which yeah. gets all the fluids to your head. That's smart. Right. Good Let's, job. Let me just paint a picture of how terrible of a design this is. So, by there, there are two known very, very weak points on the 100 Series Cruiser. That's the brake master cylinder because the the fluid reservoir and the master cylinder are all one piece. So if you need to do a rebuild, it's a monster of a process. And the starter, which happens to go out about every 100,000 miles on these things, if you're lucky. And it's between the cylinder banks, uh, between the cylinder heads, excuse me, at the very back of the motor. Okay. And the bolts holding it on are covered by the main engine harness wiring loom. So not only do you have to take off your entire intake manifold, fuel injectors, uh, fuel lines, and everything that comes with it, which sounds really hard, but it's actually just a long process, but it's not very difficult. But then to get to the bolts, you have to remove the wiring harness or at least lift it out of the way and then literally like lay over the top of the engine while trying not to crush the air conditioning line that's sitting on top of yeah, the which radiator. Which you need for which next you summer. Need, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And so, and then because it's in the back of the motor where all that water pools, those bolts, of course, are seized like solid on there. Even with a half inch breaker bar, I was worried I was going to either like break the bolt right Did off. Did you get them out finally? No, no, okay. they're just still sitting there. I said, forget it. Like I've got my other car and the weather wasn't that bad. So I said, yeah, I'll have some fun and drive the Z06 this week. It's been a good car. Especially. Except in the rain. <laughs> well, yeah, we had a little, we had a little fun with that. Um, but you, you talk about the cruiser and about the, the, those two main bad things, but I also remember a third one you brought up about the fact that how easy is it the pads or something like that, or did you have to, to, to put brake pads on it? You have to remove the okay. the hubs or something like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, not the pads. It's the rotors. So the rotors. Doing, okay. Even so better. If yeah. you're doing front rotors, which is normally uh, I do brakes and rotors for my friends all the time. It's something I kind of enjoy just being able to help out with. But on that, if you're going to do front rotors, you do a front hub rebuild. Mm -hmm. There's no getting around it. Like you remove, you completely disassemble the front hubs to do the front rotors. Mine aren't bad, so I haven't done it yet. But yeah, it's a harder than it should be. Well, I don't mean to one up you, but at least you know what's wrong with your car. <laughs> Mine's. I mean, I'm. I, I think I get out of my car and I'm vibrating. Like 
it, the mystery continues. We have done so much work uh, between some of our friends really helping us on my car. Um, you including, and I did the brakes. Including a BMW tech. And, to, and we, a high-up BMW tech. Still cannot figure out what it is and the fact that I've got a vibration somewhere between about 2,500 and 3,800 that is now... And, I mean, we have replaced axles. We've replaced, you know, um, all kinds of fun stuff. But still... It still haunts us, and it's getting worse. And it's to the point now where I'm, I'm purposely driving it as hard as I can because I want something to break. Because I want to know what it is. That that's where I've come. It's like when when I have confused this many people. To be fair, I have confused an Audi tech, a very experienced Audi tech, and a very experienced BMW tech. So yes, and good, bad, ugly, yeah, yes. a little better. Yeah, no, I mean not really. It's um, <laughs> it's kind of tough. So that that's that's continuing on, and then. Um, on Friday, you and I got to help out with the Microsoft Give campaign, which was kind yeah, of fun. Yeah, that was, that was cool. So Microsoft does a Give campaign every year. It's an employee car show, and you can invite guests uh, of your own. It's not totally open to the public because they want to employ, in, increase employee participation, which is totally cool. Um, and it was a really good event. Um, the weather held out. There was about 150 cars there, I think, about that. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I volunteered at the BMW driving experience and at the Give campaign. At the show. Give campaign, yes, and um, I thought I was just moving an i8 up front so that people could take, they could take people on a test drive. I sat in that car for almost nine hours doing <laughs> test drives. And I'm a BMW guy, but I never want to see or be in one of those cars ever again. <laughs> no insult to BMW, no insult to everything else, but it's too much time in that car. Yeah, it's too much time. So you know. <laughs> And I did enjoy that you'd come over and you'd laugh at me and point as I went by. And at one time, at one point, I tried to get another one of our friends to help uh, come in and maybe take my job, and he ran away screaming, going, "No!" He knew exactly what was happening, so <laughs> that was fun. But um, you got you were up on the up in the parking garage where everything was going on. And yeah, we had some awesome cars up there. Um, and the best thing about the BMW Drive event, or not, sorry, yeah. the, the Give Campaign <laughs> Give Car it, Show, yeah. at least my favorite part of it. It's I mean, besides the doing a good cause mm-hmm. for King County. Um, you get to talk to people you normally wouldn't in a, in a way you normally wouldn't. It's just like it becomes a much more level playing field that everybody who has – I mean, there was – we had a, an Outlaw GT2 uh, RS from – that's Magnus Walker built. Uh, oh, okay. Super nice car. I didn't know he sold his cars. Uh, it was sort of a, on loan to a buddy kind of thing. Oh, very so cool. The, okay. And then we had a, a Cayman GT4 CS. Now – GT still a cool car, G4, but a CS, super cool. Shark works tuned. And we had the Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and then all mix of cars. Old cars, new cars, 56 Bel Air with an LS3 swap, like a real driver's car. I saw a photo of a very interesting Corvette that was not Corvette-powered. Inline 6 BMW motor in yeah. a C3 chassis. You don't see that every day. No, it was super yeah. cool. And it was a convertible, right? Yeah, and he ran it, he raced it in Le Mans. Not Le Mans, Le Mans. 24 oh, hours great. of lemons. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So way yeah. cooler for me. Like, Le Mans yeah. is cool, but Le Mans Le- Lemons mm-hmm. <laughs> is just more of a enthusiast event, like the guys who just love working on cars and stuff. So it was cool to see that. Well, I mean, Jason Boriog is a good buddy of ours who will be a guest here pretty soon. He's got a... He's got a lemons team that they oh, keep blowing right. up. Yeah. They keep blowing up uh, <laughs> BMW engines and Mustangs or a, oh no, it's a BMW with a Mustang engine that keep blowing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then so. we had off-road vehicles, motorcycles, like the variety of cars. As much as I love the exotic scene and the supercars, it was so cool to see such a wide variety of real enthusiasts mm-hmm. with all sorts of different cars. Everything from spec Miatas to 
like really built off-road vehicles. To the Northwest is an insane. We should start a podcast about that. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> right next to that GTR, you know, uh, Godzilla idea of mine. Yeah, it was so. very eclectic and a lot of fun, and we got to spend some time with some cool people and talk about cars. Um, had a few you. friends join us. It was cool. So what do you think? So I mean, if you had to pick a car that was up there, and I, obviously I wasn't there because I couldn't oh, get over man. there. I know you're trying to ask me which one was my favorite. Yep. Man, I. I have a soft spot for um, some of the off-road vehicles just because seeing the ones that really get used, like versus, I hate mall crawlers. So when I see a vehicle that gets used that hard, I have a soft spot for that. There was one really nice Jeep up there that had done the Alcan uh, 5000 up to Tuck Yuck Tuck and everything. Oh, wow. Like that's an accomplishment in itself. Um, a couple of race cars. There's a guy who brought a full low NASCAR that he huh. races <laughs> all around. Yes. Okay. Sponsored by Jack Daniels. Like, oh, drinking like said, and driving. Not the good. They're the bad kind. That's the good kind of drinking. Hey, drink. I, I miss alcohol and cigarette sponsorships because that was the the great racing era. So there's some nostalgia behind yeah. that that I love to see. There's stuff like that that I get drawn to that is just out of the ordinary that I'd love to see. So picking one though, I have there's a '56 a guy who brings a '56 Bel Air, and mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Bel Air guy. Like I like them, I think they're super cool, but it's not something I'd go out and really have a desire to go out and buy and build and own. But he's done an LS3 swap, bucket seats. I mean, this is a driver's car in a 56, and they're cruisers. Everybody looks at those, and they're like, that's a cool car to cruise. Like, no, nah, this guy's built it to drive it and drive it hard. It was a, everything is just flawless, inside and out. The seats, everything is just – he's got, like, a, it's the perfect resto rod, and I love resto rods. So, Very cool. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I was hoping to get over there, but it uh, my volunteering was at a different spot. I had a wonderful time doing it and got to see some – or drive some really cool BMW cars before it started and then I just got to sit in one for the rest of the day but you know such is the life I'm a sucker for that M2 man I saw that thing driving around and that's that's insane I didn't get to drive the M2 I got to drive the M3 and and, um, the four door um, in in that really weird mustard color and a brown interior which was an interesting spec even for a test car but um, had some fun you know I I would like to have if it had been a stick I really would have been in heaven but you know what do you do so uh, but yeah, it was a pretty, it was a decent week. Like I said, uh, you know, our normal Saturday shenanigans kind of got canceled because of rain. But um, you know, we made the best of it. Yeah, yeah. It's been an interesting week. I'm feeling better finally. Like I don't want to like punch myself in the face and pass out so the headache goes away. But I'm good. Self abuse is never the answer. No. Mutilation, maybe not self abuse. <laughs> but um, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of talk about you know what you do with these cars of the Northwest during the winter. Do you drive them? Do you prep them? What do you do? All right, welcome back. So last night I was driving down to the airport, and uh, of course I have the cruiser taken apart, so I'm not driving that. So I'm taking the Z06 down there, and it's in that rainstorm. Yeah. So (laughs) get to that. Driving, I leave my house, and it's not that bad. It's cloudy, and it had rained earlier. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is fine. Like it's it's gone away now, so it'll be no big deal. Get on to 405 South uh, to SeaTac from my place in Newcastle, and it dumps rain just like yeah can't see wipers on high rain it's just like there's water being sprayed from every car around me and i was like this sucks so i pull over to the far right i slow down to about 40 because i'm in obviously the best car out there for rain my my mini hydroplane (laughs) 
And sure enough, there's people going by me, and I don't care. I'm in the far right. There's me and other people are slowing down for the rain. And I see all the headlights coming from the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I see this set of headlights that just makes a very unnatural left turn while going Well, he wanted to face the way you were. He wanted to face the way I was. I see. Okay. And then I see another car, and then just this massive spin out of this pileup starting in the middle lane, the worst possible case. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know what happened. It was, they were going too fast. They hydroplaned, and they took out three other cars with them. God knows how many other ones on the way out. And I'm just shaking my head, and it made me think about this whole thing, is multi-season prepping, having the right stuff for your car, too fast for conditions. That's the biggest problem here. My brother was an investigator for the state patrol. He did accident investigation. And he has often said the biggest problem is not just speed. People like to narrow it down to just speed, but no, it's going too fast for conditions. If you're in the middle of nowhere in Montana on a perfectly dry day doing 130 miles an hour, you're probably not really going too fast for conditions. You're probably fine. Yeah, and you'll get that environmental ticket they used to have. Yeah, five dollars. Oh, those were the golden days yeah. of speed. <laughs> yeah. But no, and it's when it's raining cats and dogs and people are literally like driving through one giant puddle that is now the highway. Yeah, you can hydroplane at 35 or 40. You got to slow down, especially with cars like ours, especially with supercars with wide tires. Wide tires and rain and snow don't mix. Well, you have to be smart. I mean, everybody believes that they're invincible. You know, so many people in this area, and I'm sure it happens across the United States, they buy these big vehicles and they think, I'm totally protected. I don't have to do anything. The minute I drive it off the lot, it's going to take care of itself. It, I don't need to, you know. What do you mean my Escalade on 24s isn't great in two feet of snow? <laughs> you know the biggest kick I get out of people that do that stuff is they get they put huge, what are they, up to like 26 now something? Yeah. And they keep the stock rotors. Yeah, the tiny it's little like brakes. You have this huge rotating mass, and you think it's going to stop just as well. I mean, I've got bigger tires, so it's, I mean. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, remember when 20s used to be big? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's funny, and uh, speaking of that, actually, people ask me all the time, I upgrade, I've got bigger tires, I've got 33s on my Land Cruiser, uh, and yes, I did upgrade the brakes. People ask me all the time, they assume, like, oh, well, you know, because I give people crap about that. You did all this work, and you didn't upgrade your brakes, you added all this rotational mass. They're like, well, nobody does. I'm like, actually, yeah, I did. I changed my pad compound, I went to different rotors, the whole You're line. coming at it logically. I just think it looks like a freaking clown car. Yeah. So, well, let's uh, let's talk about this because I think you know we want to talk about tire prep, brake prep, wiper prep, detailing prep, car protection, winterizing, and then at the least, and this is something nobody ever thinks about: pest control. Oh yeah, this is a big one here too. So let's start with the tires. Okay, the most important part of any vehicle, of any build, of anything, is tires. And everybody always talks about it, and I've always been a firm believer. And you build from the outside in. You Mm -hmm. tires, you lighten the wheels, you get better brakes, then you do suspension. That's supercars or building in general. You always start from the outside in. What is the most important critical pieces of a car? It's the tires. Above anything else, it's tires. And because we have such mixed conditions here, and it can be a financial burden to some people to have two or three sets of wheels and tires, they don't think about it. They're like, I'm going to get by. Um, But what they need to do, though, I mean, the first thing that people need to learn is just care for what you have. Right. And I'm talking about your car. I mean, their tires... People just go into the tire man at, at, at Discount Tire, which, by the way, I love. Because, yeah, and, they, and, I will, and I will gladly tell, tell that because they treat people so well. But they go in there. They say, I need new tires for my Corolla. The people, they, they, put up, they sell them good tires, and the people drive out on the tires. They don't look at them. They don't keep the air pressure monitor or air pressure monitor system. They don't look at it. Yeah. And, that's one, that's, and, and that's a subtopic to a subtopic. The colder it gets... The pressure drops in your tires. And if, if you're driving on a lower pressure tire, you will ruin a tire. 
Yeah, and you'll change drastically change the way your vehicle handles. Absolutely. For better or worse. But people don't they don't they think I've bought tires, I have good tires, they're good tires until the day they're not good tires, and then I either get a flat or I go and I buy new tires from the tire guy. Yeah, and we were talking about earlier, so if you go to Costco and get tires, uh, they'll fill them with nitrogen. And for a lot of places, that's snake oil. Down in Southern California, where the temperature doesn't fluctuate that much, you're not going to see the advantage of that. A place like Washington, where we'll vary 30 to 40 degrees in a day sometimes, which sounds crazy, but it's true in the winter here. I mean, we had a beautiful 80-degree day earlier this week. It was down into the high 30s the other night. I don't know what type of witchcraft that is. but Yeah, and the advantage of nitrogen in tires and why it is kind of ideal here is that when we have those those temperature fluctuations, you don't lose pressure. Um, you lose pressure in the cold because as the air gets colder, it seeps out more. You lose it through the tire itself, through the valve stem, and that's where you're going to see five, six pounds of loss when you go from summer to winter. It's not he's did anything wrong. I do tires. not see five to six pounds of loss during the winter. <laughs> if anything, I go up five to six pounds. But Oh, tires. Tires, tires, tires. yeah. yeah. Yes. I got a tire around my midsection here. Yeah. Round is a shape. <laughs> Absolutely. Round is a shape. So. <laughs> hey, we're working on it. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's the first thing you want to check. Check your air pressure. It's, I mean, that's if you're going to run one set of tires, if that's the only option you have, at least make sure you've still got the right air pressure in them. It's not that hard to do. You just got to take They'll some time. They'll do it for free. Well, and that's the even thing if you too. didn't buy them there. If you go to Schwab, Discount Tire, whatever, they'll check your tire pressure for free. So do that. Second of all, if you are going to drive up into the snow and you can't afford to get good winter tires, do us all a favor. Don't drive up into the freaking snow because you will get stuck, and then I will have to pull you out for hours and hours Why on end. Why do you always put logic in these situations? <laughs> God damn. Well, okay. So we're, we've talked about the tires and, and, and tire maintenance, and, and you need to make sure that your tires. You need to look at your tires. And if you look at a tire, and it's not that hard to do, turn your front wheels and look at it. And one side has really good tread and the other side doesn't, you have a problem. Yes. Go in and see your local tire guy, be it wherever you, you, you feel comfortable. And if you're like us from the Northwest and you're driving one car year-round, and we bring this up specifically here, it is really ideal to not have one, not two, but three sets of tires, especially if you're a sports car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And it's not because your car is capable, and a lot of people are going to think that's overkill, but... Like I said, I'm a driver. I have fun in my car year-round. Um, get to, An all-season tire does have its place. It's not that they're all bad tires. They're actually pretty good in the rain and when temperatures aren't that cold. So if you're driving your car in the fall and you're going to drive it up in the hills you need, in the winter, then you need snow tires. And then if you want to drive it hard and fast in the summer, you need summer tires. That's just the way it works. That's this why is, there's so many different kinds of tires. This is one of the first years that I don't have winter tires and, and wheels for the BMW. And I'm, I mean, it's it's because I'm probably not going to be spending that much time up there. I mean, I know. I yeah, mean, I've we'll got all seasons on. Huh? And you'll just be riding with me on the cruise. Well, I mean, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, I'm usually when I, like, well, my super and stuff like that, I had winter wheels. And they were just steel wheels that were 30 yeah. bucks. And then you get studded snow tires. I mean, and I know. Are they legal now in Washington? Studded, no. You just, just a studded. shorter, short, a narrower It's a shorter, narrow window, window, yeah. Narrow window. But, yeah, coming into it. But, you know, always prep yourself. And I, and, it, and I, people, I get it it's a financial cost but it's also a safety thing it's like would you rather buy what's right and and then live or leave the world with debt oh wait a minute um <laughs> no. dark. yeah i know exactly well think of this way is your deductible thousand bucks well a winter tire set is probably going to be six to seven hundred yep and, and worth it yeah and you'll have more fun i think that's that's one thing people miss is i love driving in the snow with winter tires yeah. it is fun well we've always said this and, and a, a lot of people kids do it find a parking lot when it's raining or snowing and yeah. don't go doing something stupid, but see how your car reacts. Accelerate to 30 and hit the brakes. Turn rapidly in the rain. But do this in a safe area. 
And if you understand what your car is doing, it, worst of all, in, when you get into situations, you'll slow down. Because you'll go, oh, I remember I was in the Kmart parking lot, and I almost hit that hobo because he was in the <laughs> middle of a puddle. Yes, you know. If you want to have some real fun, <laughs> yeah. go sign up for autocross. Oh, they run absolutely. year round, and it is awesome. I did. Yeah. My, I went to and I did uh, dirt fish in the snow and in the mud, and it was so much fun. But you learn. I mean, yeah. As as car guys, we all think we're the best drivers in the world. Oh yeah. I mean, and and there are times I've got behind the wheel cars, and I'm like, oh crap, I don't think I should be driving this. <laughs> but I um, mean, yeah, take those opportunities. I mean, teach yourself. Do it safely and do it in a controlled environment. But learn. Always learn about your car. Yeah, especially when you change your tires out because mm-hmm. they handle totally differently from set to set. Um, I don't know how else I can emphasize this enough, but please, 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 if you take one thing from this podcast, monitor your tires. They're literally the most important thing on your car, especially here. Well, if you have a new car, your ti- your car is monitoring your tires. So if that light comes on, do something about it. Uh, that's my Corvette. It'll tell me ideal temperature. I can go in there. I can get pressure. I can get temperature. The whole nine. So it's like, mood. You got like a mood, <laughs> like a tire mood ring in there. Is that what you Basically got in a tire mood ring. I love okay. it. Technology is great when it works. We've beaten the proverbial tire into the ground, for lack of a better phrase. Let's talk about brakes. Yeah, this is one thing people don't think about uh, in the transitioning seasons here. I actually run two sets of pads, um, even fluid, actually. I flush my fluid every year on the Corvette because I boil it um, when I'm driving it really hard. I flush mine about every uh, seven to nine <laughs> years um, on the BMW. Don't be like me. I kind of dropped the ball on that one recently, and um, we upgraded my brakes because I needed it badly. And um, I, we, I had to do my fluid, and I realized that it... Um, Hadn't been done in a long time. Black is not what the color of your fluid should be. No, absolutely. Mine wasn't black. It was very red, and apparently it's not supposed to be that color. That's so a weird color. Brake um, fluid. fluid, I have learned, takes in moisture, and that's not a good thing, which causes uh, you know, your, the pedal to go a little farther. And you, you know, I was always told that when you put your foot on the brake, you should have to put, put one equal pressure and not have to stop not take that pressure away but i was putting one pressure and then it would slow down and then i have to put more pressure to get it to finally stop so right. it was time for the uh clear sign of your brake fluid need to be flushed yeah. um it's not technically an annual service it's they say it's by mileage but if you drive your car in very mixed and very wet conditions you might want to consider it take a look under your hood like i said they'll do it for free but uh, this is a big deal change your brake fluid out when it's needed uh, that will drastically change the way your car breaks especially when it's cold They'll check it for free. They oh, absolutely. Free. Yeah, they'll free. totally check it for free. <laughs> Nick was giving this look like, what do you mean they'll do it free? Why did I, I pay like, for this? wait a minute. <laughs> I got a hell of a deal. But I mean, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, but then also go into pads. Um, this is a strange thing to bring up is people have talked, what are you talking about? Uh, but performance guys know it, especially when it came to my GTR or cars with carbon ceramic brakes like my Z06. They are crap in the wet. Um Carbon ceramics are known to be crap in the wet because they have a really... Oh, this is the operating temperature uh, lecture. The, the operating temperature ah, lecture. So okay. high-performance brakes uh, work very well with what they are designed to do. Mm-hmm. So when you're running... When you buy a car off the showroom floor like a GTR, the stock pads dust like crazy, but they actually work pretty well in different temperatures. Sure. When you go up to a, a higher temp and higher performance pad, they typically don't... There's a trade-off. It's, it's not like you get one that just works better all around. Some people might claim that. Uh, I've done a lot of brake pads. So I think that's BS. Basically, it was a known fact that when you upgraded the pads on the GTR, if you went to uh, Hawk HPS or anything like that, you lost the, a lot of that cold weather braking. So you were literally in the rain, and you would be double pumping your brakes. And it was scary as hell for a car with six, six piston calipers that weighs 4,100 pounds, and you're hitting your brakes twice. That's a scary car to do that in. It handles that's, great. That's an extra 50 feet. 
Exactly. I mean, easily, yeah. Yeah, so take that into consideration, performance car guys, supercar guys. If you feel like your car is breaking like crap in the rain, you might be able to change your pad out to something better. Well, and I mean, I'm sorry, and, and the Vets a perfectly good example in all, in all these supercars. Those carbon ceramic brakes are insane. I was driving your vet, <laughs> getting out of my BMW, and I about put you through your own dashboard because I was t- I was hitting the brakes a little harder than I need to. But there's an operating temperature there. Right. It, it, they don't work until they're heated. And if you're driving them at, at 30 or 40 degree weather, they're not going to heat up unless you're running your foot on the brake. And the then you're just doing burnouts, but, which is easy to do when it's cold because your tires are hard. And uh, so circular argument, circular argument. Okay. So I mean, yeah. checking your brakes, making sure the fluid is better. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, the next thing I'm going to move on to, though, is something really simple, and I'm only going to bring it up shortly, but I'm so sick of people doing it. Just change your wipers out. Oh, AutoZone, O'Reilly, any of those places, they will literally change the cheapest thing you, you can do, and it's not like it's, it's, it's obscuring your vision. Oh, wait, if it's bad, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll change them for free. People don't know this, and I want to encourage people to find that out. Places like O'Reilly or AutoZone will literally go change your wipers for free if you buy them there. It's not hard, people. Like, yeah, you might be able to save 3 or $4 on Amazon. Good for you if you can do it yourself. But if you're just not that mechanically inclined and you're trying to take care of your car, ask for help, especially at your auto stores. They'll help you. They'll tell you where to go. Like, Absolutely. This is something so simple that I have to point out because I get into somebody else's car. I'm like, how are you driving? Oh, the scraping, scraping and things. Oh. Yeah. What is wrong with I you? I had a buddy of mine back in Spokane that would only buy one at a time, and the other one was just the rod, so it was great. <laughs> I was like, I will buy you wiper blades. Like, I didn't even have the money to buy myself wiper blades, but I was like, you're going to die. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's something simple, and it, the rubber on there, if it sits out in the sun during the the, 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 the summer and things like that, it cracks, which yeah. causes, and it, you can, like you said, it can hurt the windshield, it could cause pitting, all this stuff. Yeah. So. Simple thing, especially here in Washington, where we have these so many mixed conditions, where it goes dry to wet, dry to wet, like that. Those mixed conditions are actually what's really hard on wiper blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I re- end up replacing mine on the cruiser probably three times a year because of just of all the mixed conditions. Anything that goes in. dry to wet can be a problem, Dan. Oh, Heck. You Sorry. take that how you want to take it. I'm talking about windshields, but okay. So the next thing we want to talk about is detailing. And I want to spend some time here. This is. This is something that... What's your love? Let's be it's honest. my love. I yeah. do. People always ask me how I keep my car so clean or you know what tricks I have. Uh, yeah, it's elbow grease. That's my trick because I yep. do it all the time. I spend a lot of time on it. There is no trick. I spend a lot of time. Um, I have done some preventative measures like uh, car protection. I have, a, I have full expel on the front half of my car, the lower half of the doors, the lower half of the rear quarter panels, behind the wheels, all the lips. I have carbon lips, so the Z07 package on mine, so the... Extended ground effects are all wrapped. That's why it looks nice. All the Two time. commoners. That's clear bra. That's you know, yeah, clear so. bra is what they call it. Yeah, Expel just is a, a thicker one that's self-healing. Steck is the latest one that's of all the rage, and it has a. I think it's a little better clarity than the Expel, but it's yeah. probably subjective on who you ask and who's selling it. That know. technology has changed greatly. Yes, I mean, like you just mentioned, the self-healing and the fact that it fixes itself and it's thinner. I mean, I just had the Maserati redone at APC out there in Woodenville, and they took my old stuff up. It was, it was like a year and a half old, two years. Yeah. It was horrible. It was yellowing already and crap. And the new stuff doesn't supposed to do that. So. No, it's supposed to be lifetime warranty. Yeah. Um, but I will throw in that uh, that clear bra is only as good as the installer. doesn't matter how good the product is. Great. If the installer is crap, the, the well, product Well, the surface crap. has to be clean and, and prepped before or, cause, or everything yeah. gets trapped underneath. So, so but I, I recommend this to anybody. I, I'm not getting paid for this. Nobody is paying me to sell detailing stuff. But 
any kind of clear bra, whether it be Expel or Steck, something, get it. Especially if you have if you have a car you care about, get it, get it, get it. It will. It is night and day. Well, at the it's resale value. It, I mean, if yeah. you. <laughs> You get your money back. It's you a, will. You will absolutely get your money back. If you, and it's going to cost you. I mean, a, a full a full wrap is going to cost you probably upwards of three thousand. A front end job is going to cost you between two and three. Usually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For anybody who's doing a half decent job at it, and you're paying for labor, it is extremely labor intensive to get it done. But uh, when I'm on road trips, and like I said, I've almost got twenty six thousand miles on my car now, mm-hmm. um, and wow. it's over, in a year and a half. So and it's been everywhere. But my car still looks almost new. Any damage I have in the paint isn't in actually in the paint. It's actually in the clear bra. Mm-hmm. When I go to have that changed out, um, for the record, having mine changed out because the original installer did a poor job, not the product is not bad, um, which is not something. They didn't come from the factory that way, though, did it? No. No, I didn't think so. No. Okay. I unfortunately no. tried to save some cash and shouldn't have. It's, oh. it's worth what you pay for it. Yeah, um, and you get what you're paying for. Exactly. Yeah. So, but as a result, uh, I clean my car. I never put it away dirty. Road trip or not, I'll find the in-town car wash and I clean it all up. It gives me a chance to. We know every car wash between here and Monterey for our trips. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason is that especially on a road trip is I by not putting it away dirty, it gives me a chance to go over the entire car, look for any damage, uh, maybe a splash shield clip has come undone or something like that. I can get ahead of stuff like that. Um, I find the last time I did that, I found an intake leak in the middle of nowhere. I have an aftermarket intake on my Z06, and it had rattled loose. Oh, okay. So that saved me. A, uh, I was getting, I was losing performance as a result. It was just a small leak, but I was cleaning up the engine bay because I was driving through uh, the desert, and so there's dust and sand. I want to make sure everything was tight and sealed under there. And as I popped my hood, I was like, "That doesn't look right." Sure enough, the intake had just it had just come loose from vibrations. It happens. Yeah, yeah. So, but back to detailing. At the end of the winter, or at the end, excuse me, at the end of the summer, as you're going into winter, take this is the time you want to take to do the real detail work. And you're going to put your car away, or you're going to continue to drive it. And I go all out at the end of summer. I get my car up in the air. I take the wheels off. I clean the inside of the wheels. I wax the wheels. Uh, if you're if you're smart, ceramic pro them. Um, wax works though. It, it's it's one one good thing to do. Yeah, just take protect use protection on your wheels as you get more sand and gravel and crap. This will make them easier to clean during the winter. Wash out the inside of the wheel wells. Uh, this way you can see clean your suspension off because all that sand and stuff you've accumulated in there is just going to grind down on your suspension parts. This is especially important for guys with trucks and off-roaders like me who like, literally I power wash my do stuff. You, do you pull the, 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 bo- the body pans and stuff like that? And Absolutely. Get, those tend to collect a lot of dirt and dust and rocks. And Yep, that's another thing. Take all those. Uh, well, depending on what it is, either a skid plate or it's just for aerodynamics under your car. Pull that down. Clean all that out. Like I said, in Washington, we have this mix of just sand that ends up all over. Our roads aren't that bad compared to a lot of other states, but they get there's so much mix of rain and uh, all the trees here. All that debris just gets shut, uh, sh- shoveled up underneath the car. Another place it can be, and you, you need to check this too, and it, sometimes it's hard, is is your air intake box. I am amazed by the things that make it into my air intake box. Like the, on the BMW, I've got an aftermarket with Dynan, and the and like the actual air intake that comes into the box is really small. But I get huge rocks and leaves and, I mean, dogs and cats living together in my air intake box. I mean, it's <laughs> rat's amazing. Rats, rat, I mean, I don't have any rat's nests, but there's been some serious stuff up there. I'm going, how does that even get in there? So it, it amazes me. It's just another something to look for. Yeah, I think people don't, because I don't, I'm not that guy at the car show typically who's wiping down his car every single time and sitting next to it making sure it's spotless, but it's like, I do do that at home. I am that guy. I, I just... Well, there's something to be said. I mean, as, as road trip guys like we are, 
we wash our cars all the time and get them clean because the stuff that gets on the cars, the dirt or the bugs. I mean, those those the bugs, bugs are, are worse they're, than they're acidic. I don't yeah, care what they are. And they and they they eat through paint. They eat they, they'll eat through a clear bra. I mean, they'll stain it. Bomb, yeah. yeah, they'll stain it. It it's you got to get them off there. I mean, every little town that we drive through, we've been able to find a power washer or something just to blow them off, get them loose, you know, so. I have literally asked for a garden hose once. I was in KOA in Moab, and the car wash had broken down. It was in the GTR, and I literally went to the KOA. I was like, can I borrow the garden hose so I can wash my car? Please. And uh, I go to Costco. I get those giant packs of microfiber towels. Yeah. People are always freaking out when they see my car at a car wash. They're like, oh, I can't believe he's using the brush and everything else in the car. It's like, I, I don't. I take the microfiber towels. I wash the car, you know, piece by piece with them, and I just throw them away. I mean, they cost me less than I mean, probably like fifty cents each. At the end of the day, I will gladly save my paint for fifty cents. <laughs> yeah. Okay, money bag. Screw it. <laughs> um, yeah. I bought a bag of those like six years ago. I still have some, but. Uh, but probably, but then again, I'm on the other side where I'm reusing them and probably shouldn't be. But well, I do reuse them for things like uh, wheel cleaning, things like yeah. that. Yeah, I throw them in there for that. But I mean, on road trips, I just toss them. I carry, bring like 25, the whole pack with me, sure. 50 or whatever they are, and I yeah. just toss them. That's how you keep your car clean. Yeah. Well, I mean, and let's talk a little bit about full blown winterization, and that's something that I do a little bit more of with the Triumph, and the fact that it's it's a basic concept of like with the Triumph, I'm I'm jacking it up. I'm getting it off the wheels so I don't get flat spots. I'm putting a fuel stabilizer inside the, the fuel tank because that's something that can definitely go bad over the winter. And I've got a trickle charger on it because, well, it's a Triumph and it has some type of electrical leak because it's Lucas wiring. And as we know, that's the Prince of Darkness out there. And it's also the reason why all the beer is warm in England because Lucas made refrigerators. <laughs> so, um, but that's something, you know, and I even, and people go, well, if you're, if you're, and I started. I started. I try to start every week. I mean, yeah. and, and at least put it in gear, let things just you know kind of lube up and, and, and get the oil pumped up through yeah. the engine. And people go, why do you put fuel stabilizer? Why do you have that stuff on it? Well, because it keeps the stuff nice. And I mean, I, I just put a fuel tank in it after well since 1959. So the, the first one lasted a while, but you ha that the stuff get that that gas goes bad. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it goes bad. I mean, but it'll gel up and it it, yeah. it it goes bad if you don't. And so I mean, and I'm fortunate too. I've been I'm doing less. I, I Every year I, I don't jack it up because sometimes right now I live in a building where I can actually drive it around underground. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I can kind of just kind of get things going. But um, usually I do just to kind of keep you know keep it rolling and yeah, keep you, everything lubed. Yeah, you get flat spots on the tires. That's Absolutely. something people don't know here. Um, there just should I say it's not something people don't know. New drivers just it's not something they think about. Nope. If your car sits all winter on its tires and you don't move it, you will basically get flat spots on the tires. You'll know it once you move it. Yeah. It will not come back either. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, go, go ahead. No. Um, and, and like I said, I, 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 the car's always under a cover. Um, it, at least I try to. And it has a good coat of wax on it before it goes in. Because it, it amazes me. Even though I'm underground in a huge cement bunker, bunker that car gets so much dust on it. Because yeah. there's just so much stuff in the air. And, and, and I try to put a good coat of wax on it to keep it, just to keep it protected. Because a lot of people, they buy their cars and they go, I don't care what it looks like. Well, you should care. Because I'm sick of seeing people out there with these cars that look like crap. No. I'm sorry. A little, <laughs> little bit of a, a standing on my banana box here. But um, it's important to protect your car. It's an investment. A car is an investment no matter what. If it's your point A to point B or if, you're, if it's your daily driver or if, you're, if it's your sports car. You have to care for these things, and the paint is is one of the biggest things. It's just like your your skin is your biggest organ. It's it's like it's going. I'm never going to moisturize it. I don't care what I look like. Well, the rest of us do. So, you know, and your skin is cracking, and so is your paint, ma'am. 
So yeah, no uh, tan. No tan. No, yeah, no tan. So it's good to it's good to, even if you go down to your local store and get a can of turtle wax. Remember no when matter. turtle wax was green and it was in a can looked like a turtle? I do remember that. Okay, <laughs> and you just put it, it's it's good for the paint. It's it, it's going to help your car. It's going to pre- prevent rust. You know, it, it take your time like, and and do the right thing. I'm, Damn it, do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny. And I've seen cars that are two years old here that look like they're 10, 15 years old. Oh, God, yeah. Or they just, or worse, they'll run them through the car wash every single time, relentlessly. I'm like, okay, if, if you want to destroy your paint faster than ever, go through the car washes, especially in Washington. Okay, I mean, I suppose it could be worse in a, salt, in a state with, that used a bunch of salt on the roads. That's probably the only time it gets worse. A touchless car wash is where the car wash does not touch your car. The next person that tells me, oh, these brushes, they don't, it's touchless. That's not touchless. Something is touching your car and is grinding dirt into your car. And if you're daily driving, you don't care. Like you, you buy those bear, those brown bear passes for your, for, <laughs> for your cruiser, for your cruiser. Cause it doesn't matter. You got the trail rash as you put it. So yeah. it doesn't matter. It's important though, like I said, to, to take good I care of it. I still wash it by hand all the time. I go underneath I it. I know you do, but yeah. I'm just saying, I know. I also know you buy brown bear passes there. Oh, I do, there. for yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, because there's that. But, um, and another thing that we want to talk about, and this kind of goes along the, di- the lines of, of winterizing, is pest control. Yeah, a lot of people don't one. realize that when the car sits, and they don't know where it comes from, rodents get in there, and they, they will go through the smallest hole, and they will pull out stuff from your dash and wiring, and they will make nests. Yeah, airbox is a big one. That's a popular spot for squirrels. Airbox intake, uh, glove box, yeah. um, the trunk space, and in in, in, like inside the inside the, in inside the panels in the, the panels trunk, of the trunk. Yeah. there. Yeah, they want to get out of the uh, the rain and they want to get out of the cold, and that's where they're going to make their nests. Yeah, and it's they're usually coming thing. through the the wiring loom hole in the firewall, yeah. like it which they will eat their way through. Yeah, so you need to put out traps if you're going to leave your car stored inside all winter. Uh, you need to put out traps. I don't know. It's it's funny how I feel like I am saying stuff that people should know, like, oh, duh. But I know so many people this has happened to. Yeah. And it's just... Well, I mean, look at... If if you're a mild car guy, car girl, look at any program, like barn finds and stuff like that. What's the first thing they do? They go, oh, it's been in the barn since 1942. Oh, look, here's this rat condo. <laughs> it's got multiple storage, underground parking. Yeah. It's got a wash bay. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it is, and it is something. And I know you, you've been very good about it. I'm, I'm one of the people that I'm just constantly at my car, so I'm constantly checking it and things like oh, that. Yeah. But, and, and, and I really don't want to sell out rat traps because then my neighbors will think I'm weirder than I am, but, uh, <laughs> which I don't need. So, but I mean, that's kind of the basic rundown, I think. Yeah, and it's, it, it's extremely important here. People don't consider that how much mixed conditions affect a car. If you're in Southern California, you got to worry about a few things: rubber cracking because it gets dried out. If you're on the East Coast, you got to worry about salt and things like that getting into the car, so you got to underspray wash all the time. In Washington, we get all this weird mix of dry, cold, dry, dry, cold, wet, dry, cold, wet, and it's all year round. It could be August; it'll rain in the middle of the summer, and you've got all that crap that's been sitting on that road, all that sand and stuff is just getting sprayed up into your car. And so, detail work and things like that here are a little more labor intensive. You have a lot of help here. We have a lot of really good detail shops you can go to. We're fortunate in that way. People are like, oh, it's so expensive. We'll pick one. Either they, they take care of it for you or you lose it in the resale. Worth the price. Yeah, you're going to lose it in the resale. You're paying well, for it one or the other. Look at the term in the car world. It's a California car. That doesn't mean the car's from California. It means it's coming from a dry climate, which means there'll be less rust. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, we, But, you know, here's funny. So I picked up my Land Cruiser from Florida. And I specifically looked for a 99 locked. Like, I had very, very specific conditions. The downside of that, you're like, oh, dry climate. They don't use salt on the roads. It wasn't an ocean car. It wasn't done in the Keys or anything like that. So it didn't have to worry about a lot of saltwater rust. I already checked for that. 
but it had pretty much every bushing on that thing is shot because they're all <laughs> dried and cracked and there's yep. you know it's a 99 so they're 17 years old so i'm literally been replacing every single bushing on that thing that is thousands of dollars in bushings by the way thanks toyota um and they're all real easy to get to too right <laughs> just like the starter oh man oh yeah i had to do the steering rack too and it wasn't because the steering rack was all bad it was just worn out I mean, yep. it actually held up well, but you know that that old nineteen years, yeah, yeah, they they just don't hold up that long, yeah. and it nothing is really going to. It's just not maintained. Sure. So, well, I I think that you know we don't want to drag this on too long, and and most of the stuff that we've talked about today, if you have questions, you can go to our website, which we're which we should be launched pretty soon here. Yeah, we're Rainsons. just waiting on domain name registration. Like we, the domain is out there. We already have it reserved. We're having some trouble getting it launched. I promise it's on the way. Just a few little details. We're on it. And by that, I mean Dan's on it because he'll do it right. I'll break it. We all know that. Uh, we are going to start a blog where we are going to relate our podcast to articles. We'll talk about what kind of things we're doing, more photos. We'll introduce you to more of our guests that way. And you said that people are going to be able to ask questions through the website. They can ask questions through Rain City Supercars on Facebook right now. Yep. Please feel free to ask questions. Uh, give us feedback, anything. We'd love to hear from you. We are definitely going to have more guests on the way. We really thank Steve for coming here last week. That was a lot of fun Yeah, he's great guy. You've got somebody special for next week that you're uh, – going to keep it a secret for now, right? Yeah, it's fun stuff. Okay. I like to keep it uh, Even I don't those. know, so don't worry. I mean, he's he's grinning like a Cheshire cat. But <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you listening to our third podcast of Rain City Supercars. And we hope you'll come back for the fourth. All right. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, don't just get there.